welcome to the Lex Files. And, uh, well, first of all, I gotta say, I'm pretty surprised that there were actual listeners to my uh, test podcast. That was actually quite fun. I know that it was a bit of a ramble. And uh, since I'm the only person uh, talking about the subject, there really wasn't anything else to bounce it off of. But I did get some... Uh, some replies on Facebook when I posted it. Um, one of uh, one of the people that uh, follow me, her name is, I think, uh, let me try and remember, Arlene Seraspi. Yes, yes. Uh, she said, and I quote, Wow, should I call myself a tsundoku if... And then she says, During my high school days, I used to buy books just to have a copy and not reading it. However, I read them through a friend's copy because I wanted mine to be clean and crease-free. So I guess that's another um, that's another way of interpreting uh, what the tsundoku is. Do you get a copy for yourself for well for for uh, for ownership's sake? And then just read the same book from uh, from another person's uh, library. Uh, another one, uh, her name is Wendy Del Rosario Picache. Uh, she goes, and this is in Filipino. Uh, she goes, "Di po ako nabili ng books na di ko binabasa. Ang hili ko art, books, quilling books, cookbooks, natural remedies, books, uh, flowers, trees, at marami pa po." So now you have two different opinions, both of them from artists, uh, artists who are um, amazing uh, creatives, and the idea for uh, for uh, for their from from their point of view is that Arlene buys a copy for herself that she doesn't read, and then reads a, re- reads the same book uh, from another person's library, and then Wendy, of course, always chooses to read the books that she buys for herself. Already we can see a difference of opinion, but they still both read books to an extent. Uh, if you have any other opinions regarding this uh, this topic, feel free to uh, to comment on my Facebook or to comment here, like send me a message on Anchor, but uh, for this uh, for this particular episode, I want to discuss something that could potentially get me into a lot of trouble, because we are going to discuss an important quote from a much-loved icon. His name is Bob Ross, and quote, I would like to discuss is his most, possibly his most famous one. And it goes, we don't make mistakes, we have happy accidents. Now this, uh, this quote uh, originated from his, uh, from his TV series back in the, um, I think it was the 80s or 90s, called, um, Oh gosh, what, what, what was that called? Hold on, let me check. Well, anyway, it uh, it was um, it was a quote that was made very popular 
especially nowadays because people are very critical of their uh, of their work and they often they often see their work as mistakes and they have uh, they have a lot of um, they have they have a lot of negative uh, negative ideas to say about their their work and they dwell on that for a very long time but thanks to Bob Ross and his uh, and his immortal line people are, are are learning to let go of uh, of the fear of failure and then say that I'm not making a mistake it's just a happy accident and I should continue with my work or I should continue with my painting and just be happy that's it as much as I love that quote I think it's not necessarily the only way that we can interpret uh, what Bob Ross is saying, particularly in the modern age where uh, where accountability is far more difficult to process or to identify, especially when it comes to whatever we post online. When, when I think about what he's saying, no, uh, we don't make mistakes, we have happy accidents, I, I think what he's trying to say is we shouldn't think of what we do as abject failures. We have to see it in a way that, um, that opens up our self, uh, our, ourselves for self-improvement and that we, we can move beyond that, that, that dip in quality or that dip in satisfaction or, or, or that, uh, that dip in delivery uh, regarding our, our ideal output when it comes to art. Because at this point, I mean, I'm, I'm listening to my first test podcast and uh, I'm looking at my old, uh, my old artworks and even, uh, even my most recent ones, and then I see a lot of mistakes things that I don't like seeing in my work or I hoped to avoid when drawing or painting or writing or, or, or performing. It does feel bad when you see something that you don't like in your work. And many artists, particularly uh, those who are starting out, tend to fall into this miasma of discomfort and dissatisfaction and all that's left with them is that feeling of I have failed I've made such a big mistake and I can't I can't grow out of it but now people have a chance to to convince themselves that they didn't make a mistake it was just a happy accident oh um, I can fix it I can I can move past it and I, th- uh, I firmly believe that the, uh, that Bob Ross wants us to elevate our failures beyond dissatisfaction or unhappiness. A lot of successful people, a lot of success in general, is is based on a foundation of 
failure and resistance to that failure. You are constantly attempting to better yourself, uh, to not necessarily to ignore the bad things that are happening in your work or in your career, but to have a more introspective and and intellectual appetite for for betterment whenever you look at your old work from the lenses of a of, of a much more experienced craftsman you see what you could have done you see it in 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 a much clearer light without the illusion of of naivete or perhaps hubris so you you have a tendency to nitpick at your old work and say oh i should have done this i should have done that i should have avoided this i should have taken this um this route or i should have said this and whatnot so it's fine when you're looking at it retro uh, retro uh, in, in a retrospective manner when you're looking at your old work but what happens if you start nitpicking as you're working when you start self-editing as you write your great filipino novel what if you start modifying your your portrait in the middle of your painting or when you start rendering your your landscape because you realize that you didn't create a proper light source that's what bob ross was trying to avoid or that's what he was teaching his viewers i think that's what he was teaching you have to avoid this panic attack this moment of of wild fear that you're never going to get better or you're never going to get out of that rut and as an artist someone who chooses to live with art as his primary source of income and his his very means of existence in this world i i still have to train myself to to see beyond the immediate errors or or the 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 pressing failure of of my goal or, or my my failure to meet the pressing goal rather i i still have trouble when it comes to convincing myself and i'm sure many of you people uh, also worry about that but i'd like to think that now thanks to the internet thanks to all of these applications to to all to all of social media we now have an opportunity to find encouragement i suppose from other people other people who share our struggles other people who have stepped out of that darkness of failure or perhaps the darkness of the fear of failure so when you when you make your your portraits when you draw when you paint when you write when you do your calligraphy or when you sculpt or when you rehearse when you practice your notes or when you try try something different remember bob ross with great fondness and respect and admiration and look at what you're doing 
not as a stop sign for your craft. Rather, look at it as an opportunity to laugh at yourself and the fallibility of, of your existence and of, of how flimsy your work is if you don't pursue, if you don't push yourself beyond, uh, beyond what your fear is telling you. Look with happiness with your uh, look with happiness and confidence at your work. Find encouragement from those you admire, and be a uh, be a source of encouragement for those who look up to you. And perhaps in the future you will be capable of laughing at what you thought was the worst day of your life, and laughing as well at what you thought was the best that you could do back then so there you go I hope that I was able to express my ideas a bit more coherently this time without uh, without um, looking like uh, or without sounding like I was just rambling or looking for um, looking for self-affirmation but I suppose that can't be helped I am talking to myself at this point and I do like the sound of my own voice this is uh, or this has been the Lex Files. I am very glad for your time. Thank you very much for listening. Oh, um, before we uh, before we finish, I would like to send out an in- a deep, deep love and, and and gratitude to Gerald Dorado, the powerful comics man. You can find him on Facebook and YouTube. He talks about. Comics, podcasting, culture, life in general. He he, inv- he invites many great artists uh, like myself. Haha, and uh, he's worth listening to. He believes in the power of the podcast and how it can be elevated to international quality. And also another shout out to Mike Acuna. So very kind man. Um, I've only met him once, and I, I wish, uh, I wish so very dearly to see him again. He also has a podcast of his own. Let me just get the proper title for that. It's called the Mike Acuna Podcast. You can find that on Spotify. And he also talks about local culture. Um, he's invited incredible people like Jeanette Valenciano um, and. Who's another one? Troy Alcala. And um, where is that? Uh, Carlos Franco. In, uh, people of interest. Uh, maybe someday I can also be a guest in your uh, in your podcast, Mike. And uh, that's it. Thank you very much again for your time. I hope to see you in the next one. Goodbye. <laughs>